In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, really, truly, substantially present here with us in the most blessed sacrament, we thank you for choosing to stay with us and for calling us into your presence here tonight. Jesus, we believe that you are really, truly, substantially present here, body, blood, heart, and soul, and divinity. Jesus, please increase our faith. Please help us to be more aware of your presence, which is pure love, unconditional love, merciful love, pouring out, pouring out from the host here in our midst. We just pray, Jesus, that you would flood this place with your divine mercy, with your grace, which is your power and your presence to heal and to connect with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, Abba, Father, we turn to you as your sons and daughters in the Spirit, in the order of grace, and we pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come upon us here tonight as we reflect tonight on angels and saints and their friendship with us and their inspiring lives and examples. We pray that in each and every one of us, there would arise a desire to be saints according to your will for us according to your good plans for our lives here. May we all be the light that you have called us to be. And may we let our lights shine as we see all of these candles burning brightly here on the altar tonight. So may each one of us here burn brightly with your divine light, with your heavenly light. And so we pray, Heavenly Father, as you spoke at the very beginning of time, let there be light. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, let there be light here tonight. And let your divine light shine in our hearts and let your divine light, your heavenly light, dispel all the darkness from this place and from our minds and hearts and souls and bodies. Heavenly Father, we pray for healing tonight. That you would release the Holy Spirit, especially his power to heal and to deliver, to set us free from pain and affliction of all kinds, from all sickness, illness, and disease, from all infections, from all obsessions and compulsions, from all fears, from all shame, from all blame, from all guilt, from all worry, from all regret. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we would be free. Free to receive all of the love that you want to pour out into our hearts tonight and each and every day, and free to share that love. Lord God, help us to approach you with faith, with trust, with confidence. 
May we not be embarrassed or ashamed of our wounds, but may, may we be inspired by your own example of vulnerability as you were born a baby in Bethlehem and as you died on the cross in Jerusalem. As you showed us, as you modeled for us vulnerability, may we be inspired to be vulnerable with you, Jesus, to show you our wounds so that you can heal us through and through, from head to toe. Mother Mary, we want to entrust our time together here tonight in the presence of your Son to your Immaculate Heart and to St. Joseph, your most chaste spouse. And we crown you the queen of our prayer here tonight as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome, everyone. I've got a couple of passages picked out for tonight. As we reflect on angels and saints, may we all be inspired here by what St. Paul had to say about Jesus in his letter to the Philippians. This is chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Paul says, Have among yourselves the same attitude that is also yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So then, my beloved, obedient as you have always been, not only when I am present, but all the more now when I am absent, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For God is the one who for his good purpose works in you both to desire and to work. Do everything without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine like lights in the world. As you hold on to the word of life so that my boast for the day of Christ may be that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. But even if I am poured out as a libation upon the sacrificial service of your faith, 
I rejoice and share my joy with all of you. In the same way, you also should rejoice and share your joy with me. Let me just read verse 13 one more time here. For God is the one who for his good purpose works in you, both to desire and to work. So when we often think about the lives of the saints, we think about all of the the great things they did and the trials that they overcame. I think sometimes we forget how hard it was for them at times to respond to the grace of God and the opposition that they had to face. The misunderstandings. Sometimes I think we have this rather romantic idea about what it means to be a saint or an exaggerated idea or an inflated idea about the suffering involved in becoming a saint. Both are uh, attitudes or ideas that we want to avoid. Excesses, you might say. It's an excess of one or the other. So there's a middle road. There's a a middle way. And Jesus is always the way. What the saints learned to do, what the saints learned to be, (laughs) is in the presence of the Lord. They learned to abide in him because they abided with him. And they knew that whatever they did, it was God at work, as Paul pointed out to the Philippians tonight. And as I highlighted, it was God at work in them and through them and with them. So it's not about trying harder to be a saint. I think sometimes we've all taken that approach. I'm just going to try harder next time. I, I, notice how that begins with I. (laughs) I'm going to try harder. (laughs) And of course, we have to cooperate with the grace of God. But it is the grace of God at work in us that does transform us. And the saints learned that. Eventually, that it was the grace of God at work in them that transformed them. So it wasn't about trying harder, but it was rather allowing themselves, first and foremost, to be loved by love itself. Because we can't give what we don't have. So we have to first ask for the grace to help us receive all that God wants to give us. Easier said than done. Because sometimes we can be so so focused on, on doing. What does God want me to do? What's God's will for me? People ask me that all the time. They talk to me about that all the time. But they're often putting the cart before the horse because they're focused on the doing and not the being. 
So first, we have to get in the cart with Jesus <laughs> and just sit with him and be with him like we are here tonight. And ask him, Jesus, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to know about who I am, about who the Father is, about who you are, about who the Spirit is? It's a kind of divine science, you might say, the science of the saints. The science of the saints. And I can tell you, they didn't really learn how to be a saint by reading a book. How many of us have so many books that we've never read, right? <laughs> Good Catholic books. I got tons of them that I've never read. It's okay. It's okay. Because none of those books really will make you a saint. They might inspire you. They might instruct you in certain things. But ultimately, the one book we need to know is the Word of God. And we have to allow that Word that living word to penetrate our minds and our hearts and inform us. But it's not just about intellectual knowledge. We're not just after intellectual knowledge. It's not about doing the right thing. It's not about knowing what I should do necessarily. But what we really need to grow in is our identity. It all starts with our identity, knowing who we are in Christ. And knowing who he is and who he wants to be. I got a word today that brought tears to my eyes, that, that moved my heart, that brought healing to my heart. The Lord spoke so beautifully to me today in my own prayer. He said, I have always wanted you to know that you are loved. I have always wanted you to know that you are loved. And I'm sorry when you didn't know that. I'm sorry for the times when you didn't know that you were loved. I'm sorry for the times that people misrepresented me and my heart and my mind. Beautiful. Now you can hear me say that up here and that might move you but what will really bring healing to your heart is when you hear that for yourself so to speak reverberating in your own heart spoken by the word the lord spoken by the lord directly to your heart so i encourage you tonight to ask the lord what do you want me to know what do you want me to experience here tonight and maybe you already know what you would like to experience. Maybe you already know what you would like to be healed of. Well, express that. Express that to him tonight with faith, with confidence. He loves to hear the desires of your heart because he put them there. The good desires of your heart to be loved he put him there. That's the deepest desire that we all have if we're honest with ourselves. I want to be loved. I want to know that I'm loved. I want to know that I'm wanted. I want to know that I'm chosen. I want to know that I belong. 
I want to know those things, but not just in my head. I want to feel it in my bones. Ask him for that grace. Ask him for that grace tonight. Jesus, I want to know in my bones that I'm loved, that I'm known, that I'm seen, that I'm understood, that I'm cared for. And then that's when his Holy Spirit goes to work. The Holy Spirit will then go to work and answer that prayer. He will answer that prayer. And you may not feel anything right here, right now, tonight. That's okay. That doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong or that God doesn't love you. Sometimes the the actual sensation of it comes later. Perhaps, Perhaps when you're alone. If you know me, you know that it often happens for me when I'm in the car by myself on (laughs) I-75. Or today I went floating, if you know what floating is. I floated in a dark, shallow pool of salt water for an hour in the complete dark. And I was praying there in my salt water pod and I was getting wrecked by the Holy Spirit. And I started to cry while I was floating. But, as Barb could attest to, I did an hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament before that. I had Mass at 7 a.m. And then I spent an hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament from 7.36 to 8.36 this morning. Barb was right in front of me. I don't think she heard me sniffling. She may have heard my stomach growling, but she didn't hear me crying. (laughs) But when I was by myself, continuing to reflect on a word in my heart, the desires of my heart, then, then God wrecked me, so to speak. Then I felt his tangible, sorry, I felt his tangible presence and love meeting my heart, his divine affection for me just washed over me. And I was moved. I was moved to tears. In a rather unexpected way at an unexpected time. What does that help us to do that helps us to let go of the big C word, How many of us like to be in control? Yeah, I like to be in control, Father. Even the Archbishop likes to be in control. He admitted to us last week. He said, I honestly don't know how much longer I'm going to be your Archbishop. And that's hard for me because I'm a planner. But he turns 75 next month within 30 days now. And so by canon law, he's required to submit his letter of Resignation, but he said, I have no idea if the Pope's going to accept it right away or not. And that's hard for me. That's hard for me. So it's okay to struggle with that. It's okay to admit that. But then it's necessary to make an act 
of faith and trust and surrender to the Lord. And you probably have to do it more than once, just FYI. (laughs) Probably have to do it more than once. So let's just think about what's coming up in, in, in the rest of the church calendar here in the next week, 10 days. We've got the archangels that we're celebrating on Friday, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. The 30th, we've got St. Jerome. On the 1st, well, she gets trumped because it's a Sunday, but Therese, I know many of you are fans of St. Therese. On the 2nd, we've got the guardian angels. On the 4th, we got St. Francis. On the 5th, we've got St. Faustina. On the 6th, we've got Our Lady of Victory. So it's a big week. It's a big week. A lot of your favorites, perhaps. So the church, our mother, the church, is reminding us that we're surrounded. We're surrounded by angels and saints who cheer us on. They're the church triumphant. The church triumphant. We're the church militant, they say. We're still working out our salvation, as Paul mentioned tonight in that letter to the Philippians. We're working out our salvation in fear and trembling. But they accompany us. And so if you don't have a relationship with angels and saints, I really encourage you to develop that. It's possible. It's possible to carry on a conversation with the angels and the saints. And they'll inspire you. They'll remind you of things. They'll they'll lead you and guide you. They'll strengthen you. They'll intercede for you. You will feel, you will be aware of their presence and of their help. They want to help. St. Therese was very much aware of the fact that her mission, as she was dying, because she died young. She was, what, 24 when she died? She was very aware of the fact that her mission was only beginning when she died. Her mission was only beginning when she died. Because who really knew about her as a 24-year-old Carmelite? None. Not that many people knew who she was before she died. But within years of her death, she was becoming more and more well-known around the world. And today, she's honored, remembered everywhere, all over the world. And she was able to grow in holiness because she freely expressed her desires in her prayer before the Lord. She was a passionate person. She was very passionate. And she expressed her passionate desires before the Lord. And then she kept bringing those those desires to prayer. And she let the word of God inform her prayer and direct her desires. And that's what allowed her to discover her vocation, so to speak. To be love in the heart of the church. To be love, she said. 
in the heart of the church. That her prayer would help provide the lifeblood, so to speak, for missionaries and preachers and teachers. And that greatly inspired her to be ever closer to the Lord. So let these great men and women, let these saints of God inspire you and motivate you. And may you be accompanied by them. Especially your guardian angels. You all have a guardian angel. And you can ask for the grace to grow in friendship with your guardian angel. And you can ask your angels help for all kinds of things, spiritual things, practical things. You can ask for all kinds of help because they love you and they want to help you pray. They want to help you become a saint. You can even offer prayers for your guardian angel, masses for your guardian angel. That they, that they would grow in glory and that they would be able to help you even more. And even here tonight, we have special angels who always occupy sacred space. Cute little story. My mom was babysitting a little girl at mass. Her, the girl's family was there and mom was just helping out, watching one of the little girls who could already speak. And before mass started, mom had the little girl over her shoulder so the little girl was looking up into the choir loft. And she said, or my mom asked her, like, what, what are you looking at? What do you see up there? She goes, oh, I see Sophie up there. Like, Who's Sophie? Oh, it's my guardian angel. Of course, my mom had to turn around. <laughs> She's like, wow, honey, I, I, I don't see Sophie up there. And she said, oh, no, Patty, there's lots of Sophies up there. So we are surrounded. We are surrounded by angels and saints. And they are fighting for us. And they are with us. So as we transition here tonight to pray for healing, know that the Lord wants to heal. He loves to heal. And it doesn't really matter how worthy you think you are or not. Jesus desires to heal all of us. And it doesn't depend on us. It depends on him. It's his mercy, his love that heals us, his grace. So one thing that we often encourage people to do is just to ask the Holy Spirit, is there anybody that I need to forgive? Sometimes unforgiveness can be an obstacle to healing. So as we pray tonight, that'll be something you want to just examine yourself on real quickly. Ask the Holy Spirit, is there anybody that I need to forgive? Am I holding on to any grudges? Have I repented of my own sin? That would be another one. Make sure that you say a little 
act of contrition of sorts, if there's some sin that you're aware of that the Holy Spirit highlights for you that you haven't repented of. And then I mentioned it earlier, control. We can't control how or when we're healed. We just have to receive it. So don't try to control it. Don't think that any particular prayer or thing you do is gonna make God heal you at any particular time. It's, it's faith. It's your faith. God's timing. But we've seen lots of healings recently. I have a testimony here. I'll read real quick because they say that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Julia might be here, so I... She sent this to me yesterday. As my sister Cindy prepared to undergo life-saving surgery for pancreatic cancer, a violent vomiting episode sent her heart into carcinogenic shock. Her heart's left side ballooned to an alarming size and its pumping capacity diminished to 27%, where it remained for several weeks. My sister's cardiologist took surgery off the table, noting it would take months for her heart to normalize. In a race against time, she called me (laughs) to pray with her sister. I anointed... While I prayed, Cindy sensed the Holy Spirit healing her. Ten days later, Cindy's doctor confirmed her miracle when tests showed her heart had returned to its normal shape and was pumping at full capacity. Soon after, my sister underwent a successful nine-and-a-half-hour surgery to remove all cancer. My sister and I are reminded that Jesus' compassion has not diminished. When he walked the earth more than 2,000 years ago, Jesus spent much of his time healing the sick. He was full of grace then, and his grace is still alive today. Amen. How about that? So we've had other beautiful stories recently. So the Lord is actively healing. He wants to manifest his love to you, to all of us. He wants us to feel his love. He wants to make us feel his love, his presence, his goodness, his kindness. So I'm going to go around first with the humeral veil carrying the blessed sacrament. So I'll go up and down the aisles first. Feel free to touch the humeral veil in the spirit of that woman from the gospel who said, oh, if I could just touch the tassel of his cloak, I'll be healed. And Jesus told her, courage, daughter, your faith has made you well. So you can touch that humeral veil with faith as I go around. If you want, you can even get up and move to an aisle, and I'll make sure I I get to you in the aisle. And then afterwards, we'll have uh, three prayer teams Tonight, I'll be uh, up here, and then we'll have one uh, just to your right, my left of the, of the entrance there. There's a couple of chairs, and then there's another station to my right. 
over here uh, in the back of the church. So we'll have a few different prayer, individual prayer stations set up for you as well. And meanwhile, then we'll have our beautiful young musicians praising the Lord uh, for us and with us. So let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Repeat after me. Come, Holy Spirit. Fall afresh on us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come upon me and heal me tonight and to heal everyone here of all sickness, illness, and disease, of all emotional and psychological and spiritual wounds, all emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds. Fill us with your peace, your shalom, your perfect peace. Set us free, Lord, from all fear and shame and guilt and blame. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.